How you doing, Mr. Chong? I'm good. All right. Very well. Thank you. Nice. I like your guitar collection in the back. That's cool. Yeah, it's, it's all for sale, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, also, are you going to be smoking with us? I can, if you nice. uh, so desire. Yeah, I mean, if yes. you want to. Yeah. <laughs> I would love yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, I got my... I got my mojo ready. I'm ready. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I will. I'll, let's get into it. Welcome to Comics and Chronic. I am one of your hosts, Jake FH. As always, I am joined by my partners, Anthony Iannaccio and Cody Willaka Cannon. Today, we have a very special guest. He is a comedian, actor, writer, director, activist, Grammy Award winner, the patron saint of all stoners, and one half of the comedy duo Cheech and Chong. Please welcome to the show, Tommy Chong. Hey, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Please Great sit to down. Have you here. Sit down. <laughs> no more, no more ovation. Thank you. <laughs> we're, we're very stoked to have you here. Um, this is Comics and Chronic. We like to, to talk comic book stuff and you know smoke weed. So. I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to spark up. Yeah, I'm going to smoke too. Um, but, but before we I hit it, I'll just start off. Uh, uh, since this is a comic book podcast, what is your relationship to comic books? Do you have any favorites that like you grew up with? I grew up with with comics. That was my uh, my deal. See, I was born in '38, and when I was four, I guess three, four, I was in the hospital uh, for pleurisy. And that was one of the things that my, my, my dad would bring me uh, comic books. Nice. And uh, although he was addicted to them, but it was, uh, <laughs> he would buy them for me, but he would, he would do the reading. And, and then when I was taken from the hospital to the, to the Salvation Army home, the orphanage where we had to stay for a couple of years because my mother was in the sanitarium. I, and my father just came from the war and he, he was, had some issues. Uh, that, that was what my, my, my father brought a stack of clothes from the hospital and a stack of comic books. And nice. that was the last I seen of the comic books. Because <laughs> 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 when my dad left, uh, you know, the clothes disappeared, the comics disappeared. And, uh, and they just handed me, you know, the, the, the home attire and that was it. But no, I, I grew up, in fact, one of my earliest memories in the home was the older kid could draw a picture of Batman. And, and uh, that was fascinating to me because uh, that was the only uh, uh, entertainment we had, comic books. Mm. There's no, televi no television. Radio was all country music. Uh, and uh, the only outlet we had was uh, was the comic books and so my dad was who was hooked on him and when he was a truck driver <laughs> when he was driving he would come into our room you know as we got older he'd come into our room and we'd be sleeping or he, and he's and he'd go through our stack of comic books to find out take uh, his his stash on the road with him and so it was, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah it was great <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. My dad was like super into sports. So I like he, I, I wish he would have comic books for me. I was, <laughs> I was always into comic books. I yeah. Like yeah. The, uh, and, and, 
you know, that was not only, uh, you know, entertainment, you know, everything. It was our uh, source of uh, information. You know, you found out what was going on in the world. Oh, wow. And, and uh, yeah, uh, my fa- now, as I grew older, my favorite turned out to be uh, Archie comics. Archie, nice. Oh, nice. Yeah, Betty and Veronica uh-huh. uh, and Jughead. <laughs> and, uh, and then there was, uh, oh, and, and Little Abner used to fascinate me. Little Lavender? Little, Little Abner. 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 Oh, Abner. Abner. Okay. Abner. Uh, Chester Gold, I think. No, he was the Superman. Who was Little Abner? Uh, Hal. I don't know. Uh, I'm not quite sure who Little Abner is. Because, because they, had, they, had the, they had the hillbillies in there. Yeah. Because that's what Abner was. He was like a white uh, uh, poor guy, you know, hillbilly. Yeah. Gotcha, <laughs> yeah. gotcha. And there was Daisy May. His girlfriend, <laughs> and uh, but the the amazing thing, uh, find out who wrote it uh, is on the tip of my tongue uh, because he forecasted quite a few uh, changes to, to come, like like uh, as did Chester Gold, uh, Dick Tracy, mm-hmm. because because Dick Tracy they were they had uh, two way watches. Uh, radios mm-hmm. on their watch, which I have today, which is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, and, oh, sorry to interrupt, but Lil Abner is by Al Cap. Is that the name Al you're looking Cap, for? Al Cap. Al Cap. Well, Al Cap had a character called the Schmo. Schmo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, now listen to this. The yeah. Schmo was a perfect, uh, because it would uh, kill it. You didn't have to kill it. It, it, it was like a chicken. You know, it fed you. It it did everything for you, uh, <laughs> and, and and you wouldn't have to kill it. It would just fall over dead when you when you were hungry. It would fall <laughs> over dead, <laughs> almost hop, hop in the fry, frying pan and fry itself. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, Al Cap, and he had uh, uh, what was that little town? Uh, shit. Uh, <laughs> It was a little little area. I, I I called my my where I grew up. It was uh, uh, it'll come to me. But yeah, yeah. Con- oh, and then when we got into into crime, ooh, and, uh, <laughs> you know, the, all all the you know the bad, the murder, the, uh, the gangs and the machine guns and what were they? They're called crime comics. Something else. Noir, like detectives. Well, they were barred. They were barred because they were so violent. Oh, wow. Was Dick Tracy a part of that, or does that come later? No, no, Dick Tracy was there. Oh. But they had these, these. Uh, it was crime, true crime. And, and and they would show murders and people dying. And, and, oh. and uh, yeah, it was very brutal. And then they banned them. They, ban- they, they banned it. You know, they had uh, uh, censorship back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they blame comic books, <laughs> like <laughs> like like they did blame reefer, you know, ma- yeah. marijuana. Yes, oh, both yeah, corrupted that. us. Look at us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the very thing we based our show off of. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Do you guys remember a, a comic named Joe Paluca? No, no. Man, you're putting us to shame. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> I know nothing. Write, write it down. Write it down. Joe Paluca. Joe Paluca. 
he was a, a like a white boxer. Nice. And and then there was another guy that had a little homeless. He was a little homeless guy, and he loved hamburgers. Humphreys. Humphreys was his name. <laughs> and and he he rode a tricycle with the, with his house on the back. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are oh I'm I'm turning on to how about how about uh, was it Captain America? Who that said we Shaz- know. That I know. Sh- who said Shazam? Shazam. Oh, oh Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. Yeah. Captain Marvel. Okay, that was Captain Marvel. Yeah, I was I was right there with them all, man. I'm I'm a, a serious comic book buff. I, oh I, wow, yes. I never knew that. Did you happen to yeah. collect any of them? Like, do you have any of those older comics? Now? Yeah. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, back in the day, uh, uh, they would tear off the cover. How, how did that work? I forget how that worked. Well, you know, because the comic books, they, they were used for advertising. Mm. You know, like you could order things from. from like x ray goggles or something. Uh, yeah, x ray <laughs> goggles. A workout, uh, Clarence, what's the name? The five minute. <laughs> Isometric workout, kicking sand in someone's face. (laughs) That was that was the ad. Oh man, (laughs) yeah, comic books, man. Oh, that took me back. The fictional town you're referencing is called Dogpatch. Dogpatch, that's right. That's that's where they they asked me where I grew up, and I grew up kind of like Dogpatch. And you grew up in Canada, right? Yeah, in Calgary. Okay. We were just beyond the, the the building inspector, you know, where you had to have permits to do things. Yeah. And some people threw up little shacks like in dog patch. And mm. and I, I I had a my check check this out. We we bought a, a like a a bungalow. My dad, you know, when we were young kids, and that's where I grew up. Most of, I spent like twelve years there. Mm. But no heating, you know, uh, wood stove for heating. Yeah. And now this is in Calgary. This is like 20, 30 below zero weather. Yeah. With a, a, a wood stove. That was their only heating in the house. Outdoor plumbing. Uh, in other words, an outhouse. Uh, yeah. and, uh, and water down the, down the road. We had to go to our neighbors to pump our water. So every morning, every morning or every day in the day, we'd have to go get two buckets of water. And, uh, and that's, that's how we lived for, uh, well, with, we lived there for about, I guess, about six, five, six years. No, let's see. Yeah, about tw- 10, 12 years of li- oh, wow. living like that. Well, our neighbor is, is, uh, is what do you call it, uh, uh, wagon had had issues so he had a, a team of horses oh, wow. and mm. and pulling the wagon is the wheel fell off or something anyway he he built a lead to right there <laughs> it was across the field from us and he lived there raised uh four four kids and uh, he was a homeless it was like a homeless shelter mm. it was it started mm. up what he would do he collect old lumber from the neighborhood and then as he collected he would add on to his lean to it's <laughs> <laughs> crazy and, and he and he lived there for almost the same amount of time i lived there and he was our neighbor we go across and and he could play fiddle and i hung with him because 
you know, I, I'm, I, I was a weird kid when I was growing up. He would take his team of horses and he would dig shallow, uh, they're called root cellars, not basement, well, basements, kind of. And, and we'd, uh, with the horses, team of horses, and we'd dig them. I'd, I'd hang out with them. And I was too small to work. <laughs> but but we'd, he would dig out that, and he could play a fiddle. And and I'd go to his little lean-to, and he'd get out the fiddle, and he'd play a little fiddle music for me. And so then, is uh, that like is that one of your first like um, interactions with music? I, it seems like you're very musically inclined. Is that one of your? Oh yeah, totally, totally. Well, I I grew up. My mom bought a guitar when she was pregnant with me, mm. and and she couldn't play, but she would hold it up against her tummy and strum it. Oh. And I still got I I, I got the guitar here. I had to rescue it because it was all in pieces and that, and uh, and it, it's got a new finish on it. The one I had, the original, uh, had uh, a hula girl on the front. <laughs> nice. It was a, it was a Sears, Sears guitar, hmm. and 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 then I learned how to play because another fiddle player uh, lived on the other side of the field, and he was re- a professional. This guy played for. Uh, parties, dance to dance parties, and you know he, everybody, you know, no, there wasn't a, a professional musician. Everybody had a job, and they could play music, and nice. you played at you played yeah. at parties. You know, there was no such thing as touring. Uh, in fact, I was around when they had the first recording. It was on a cylinder, and, and uh, I heard a uh, 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 recording Hank Hank Snow Hank Snow the singing ranger. Hank Snow, the singing ranger. He was a Canadian. <laughs> and and he, I heard heard it on one of those old Victrola, you got to crank them up. Damn. It was a, a cylinder. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I was into music. Uh, yeah, that's all we had. You know, I had mm. that little guitar and the fiddle player, and he taught me a little bit more, and I started playing dances, you know, the whole down at the parties. <laughs> <laughs> I was eight. I was eight, nine, eight, nine years old, and they'd give me a beer, and I'd put it under my chair. <laughs> I, I I hated the taste. I hated beer. Uh, thank God, because you imagine a little eight-year-old alcoholic. <laughs> but it was fun, man. We'd play. I'd play all night, you know. And uh, yeah, people get drunk and have fun, and, you know, just party away. Was anyone was... smoking back then? Oh no, no. cigarettes! Cigarettes <laughs> were so they were so legal that uh, oh yeah, house parties filled with smoke. Everybody, <laughs> everybody smoked, and and they had smoke breaks back then. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, in fact, when they were going to kill somebody, they, they would give them his last cigarette <laughs> before before they. <laughs> Before they shot him, that's yeah. crazy. Oh, wow. And they'd be lay, in the war movies. They'd, they'd be laying there dying, and then put a cigarette in his mouth. Here you go. Mm. He'd be puffing away. Uh, thanks, Joe. You know, that's, <laughs> that's so, crazy. So when did you start smoking weed? Weed. Well, I was seventeen years old. Okay. Nice. I was I was at a jazz club. I was playing in. I had my own band then. I had a. Rhythm and Blues, Calgary's first Rhythm and Blues band. Wow. And uh, I was in a jazz club and a, and a bass player, a jazz bass player, came back from L.A. And he handed me a, a joint 
my first marijuana cigarette, I put it in my pocket and a Lenny Bruce record. Nice. And, <laughs> and then, then he lit up a joint and I took my first puff. And uh, I just took a couple of tokes and I wasn't sure about it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I listened to a song called Lonely Woman by Ornette Coleman. Mm-hmm. And it, it changed my life, man. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I think the next day or the that Monday, uh, I went in and quit school. I was trying to get. Uh, <laughs> it, it was my second attempt at grade twelve, you know. So then, if I if I hit grade twelve, then I could go to college, and uh, and I just as soon as I smoked that joint, I knew that my life was not going to be school oriented you know or school induced it's going to be street i i knew i had a i, I wanted to be a blues player and, hmm. and the best place to start is on the street and that's what i did oh wow i didn't, I didn't know you wanted to be a, a blues player or a musician so so can you play can you play guitar oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I play uh i wrote the songs you know up in smoke i wrote that yeah uh, earring my eye i wrote that lyrics to that yeah, I've been playing serious. Uh, with, I was with Motown for a while yeah. with my band, with my band, but I wasn't good enough to record. Uh, you know, I could play guitar, but I wasn't. Thank God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> thank God, because nothing, I don't think there's any. Uh, the worst job, one of the worst jobs is studio musician. Mm. Really? Yeah, well, figure it out, man. Because you don't get to like more... jam and just riff and be free. Is it more? No, no, no. They they want you to play. Uh, what they want you to play, hmm. and you might do it over and over and over and over again. And the thing is, you got all these chops and you can play so well, uh, but people they kind of steal from you. You know. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. fact, in fact, I did a, a Dr. Dre record one time, and I was working. <laughs> I, was, I, I was working on my comedy. And uh, and I used to do a bit called a Blind Melody Chipman, where I played a black blues musician, and and I was um, <laughs> and I was working on this bit about Motown, and then Dr. Dre called and said he wanted me to do a little bit on his on his record, but he he kind of acted well, treating me like a musician, you know, like a side musician, you know, there was no. No, hey, how are you doing? What's going on? How's the wife? Nothing like that. It's just yeah. like, okay, okay, uh, okay, we're rolling, uh, you know. And, <laughs> and, and he wouldn't, uh, he because we were Cheech and Chong, you know, we'd make up our own company, you know, and that's what yeah. he wanted. Mm. You see, on his record, he wanted a little name name recognition, you know. So so I was on uh, his last, well, one of his last records, it went platinum anyway. <laughs> but but but, he, but the way he talked to me, it was kind of like uh, like I was a side musician, you know, exactly, mm-hmm. and, and not and and I, and I wasn't, you know, I'm a comedian, you know, yeah, yeah. that that made records, and yeah. so I so so I did a bit for him. <laughs> he wasn't too he wasn't too happy. <laughs> I said I said okay. Uh, he says, "Okay, uh, what do you want?" I said, "What do you want me to do?" He said, "Well, you know, do that, do that hippie shit, you know." Said, <laughs> do that. I was, okay. I was okay, okay, and I said, "Dr. Dre," and I went into my blackboard, "Dr. Dre." 
this is how you want to be. You want to make it in the business. You got to become a producer. You got to be. You got to become a record producer, and that's easy. Because all you got to remember is this one phrase. Remember this phrase, and you make millions of dollars. What do you think? <laughs> That's the phrase. When you want someone to record somebody, don't tell them what to do. Say, what do you think? <laughs> and then he'll play something, and then you put it on your record, and you get a million dollars. You don't have to aim shit. <laughs> well I did that bit there was silence and mm. no laugh no laughter and so it was then it was yeah, just do some hippie shit <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I did my hippie shit and it was like hey Dre man are you a real doctor man you know? <laughs> and, 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 and the song is the album <laughs> so after I recorded it uh you know, I never got paid. I was waiting for him to come out of the recording booth and, and uh, say, oh, that's great, or that wasn't great, or can you do something else? And and I waited, and no one showed up. And then, then someone told me, oh, they, everybody left. I was there alone, and so... So that's... A, you know, so, then, so then a few, a few uh, months... Or was it a year? About a year later, I'm in the elevator with my son's girlfriend, or ex-girlfriend, who now she was she was studying to be a lawyer. And now she was working for Dr. Dre, yeah. and I said, I said, oh, crazy! That's great. That's because uh, he, he owes me uh, he owes me some money. <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 she goes, Megas, he owes you money for what? I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm on that recording. You know, it went platinum and everything. <laughs> and uh, I never got paid. And she goes, you never got paid? I said, no. She goes, I'll have a check. How much does he owe you? I said, <laughs> nice. well, originally it was 5000 But because you made me, made, made me wait, I said, uh, 10000 And she said, you'll have your money uh, today. <laughs> and I did. Wow, and nice. I did. Oh, wow. and, but but then I said, oh shit! I could have said a hundred dollars. Hey, can I just say before we go any further, can we? Uh, let's all smoke. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Now that you twisted my arm. <laughs> now I was going to show you my uh, my latest way of smoking, but. I'm too lazy to get all that shit together. So. <laughs> all good. Oh my god! I got a, I got a pipe. It's automatic, and you just uh, push a button and hold the lighter over the bowl. You fill that bowl up first, and and you hold the button down, and it blows. I so think it's, it's like a, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's not a vape pen. No, no, no. It's a, it's a pipe. If I if I if I can find it, I'll, I'll fire it out for you. Nice. And I got this other Israeli pipe that I found, and I lost it again. You know, I got a habit. <laughs> I got a habit of putting shit, so I won't forget where I put them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> and guess, I what? And guess what? 
right. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, and sometimes I find all that shit all the, all at once. Like, <laughs> I buy these. Uh, where, oh shit! Oh, here they are. I buy these glasses. You know, they're they're like they're like uh, reading glasses. You know. Oh, nice. And, and they got they got a oh. They got a light. It's, it's, oh, it's yeah, I can battery. see on the side. Yeah. Yeah, the battery's gone. <laughs> but I keep losing them. And so I buy new ones. And, the, and then sometimes, or one time, I um, I find them all at once. <laughs> so I, got, <laughs> I, got, I got like six pair of glasses. And then, I, then I'll, I'll lose them again. And then here's, here's the other thing. This is like a box cutter. Uh-huh. <laughs> Because I I, 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 I I carve wood, and I lose these. I lose these all the time. So I got I, I got a, I got at least five five or more. Oh, no, it's, it's funny. I, I you know people ask me about the the pandemic. I said, well, you know, I'm a comedian, and and I'm also a good audience because I I never started out. You know, I started out as being an audience, you know, uh, a fan of mm-hmm. comics. And that's mm-hmm. how I got into it, you know, because I love comedy. Yeah. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, we're on stage, and then, you know, there's some dead time. And so I, I when Cheech and I, because Cheech and I, you know, neither one of us were trained comics, you know, mm-hmm. but we're actors. And every once in a while, we'd have to address the crowd, you know. And so then after a while, I started kind of digging it because I got a captive audience. So then I'd come in there and do a little bit of time, a little bit of, you know, uh, you know, stream of consciousness kind of stuff. Mm. And uh, <laughs> and the next thing I know, uh, Cheech goes off to become an actor and I'm alone. And I and I, I tried to be a, tried to make a movie, but it didn't work. Yeah, I made it, but it was okay. It was really who I am. But I realized that I, I love I love doing stand up. Mm. I didn't know that until I saw Dennis Miller live one time, and nice. uh, I kind of hung with him a little bit, uh, but enough to to get the bug, you know. Because yeah, here you yeah. here you are in front of a, a, an audience mm-hmm. with just you and a microphone, and and they they want to be there, and you want to be there, so it's really. Uh, Really, uh, uh, a nice, uh, a nice vocation, you know, nice something to do. So I, I, I became a, a stand-up. It took a while. It wasn't easy. I had to start from the bottom, and then I had to fight the opposite. Instead of being unknown, I was too known. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I, 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 I ended up with a, a manager. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Paul Reiser, you know, the, his, his manager. Mm. And, uh, and, and I told him, you know, you know, I, he told me, first of all, he told me, put away the sports jacket for a while. There, I was wearing a little sports jacket, you know, looking kind of sharp <laughs> being a comic, you know, and then he told me, lose that, you know, go back to blue jean shirts and being Chong. And then, uh, and then, so, but then I told him, I said, I only want to, I, I only got like five minutes, 10 minutes, uh, you know, so I, I'll, I'll just, you know, you can book me around, but I just want to be like the opening act, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Well, you can't, you know, he, he said, oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. But I found out, yeah, you can't go from being, <laughs> you know, headlining, and yeah. then all of a sudden you're an opening act. Yeah. You know, you're not allowed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so my first gig, instead of being an opening act, I was a feature. And I wow. had 10 minutes tops. Nice. And I had to stretch that 10 into 20. And they still had to bring the other comics on before me to finish the show. Uh, man, it was crazy. But you know, <laughs> eventually, eventually, I ended up being able to, uh, you know, do a lot of time. Now you can't shut me up. <laughs> <laughs> the, the three of us met doing stand-up comedy, actually, Cody, Anthony, and myself. Yes. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Where about what 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 area did you? So we met in New York, but yeah, I'm yeah. currently in West Virginia doing stand up oh, comedy yeah. out here. Oh, good. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's fun. You get addicted to it. You know, it's like, true. Cheech and I go out with, with with my wife. Oh, and then you know, I got tired of being on the road alone. And my wife is too good looking to leave a home. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so, I, said, so I, I begged her to come on the road with me. And, and she, I don't want to you know, come and sit in the dressing room waiting for you. I said, well, how about if I put you in the show? Mm. And, and she, was, she was acting at the time. So she goes, okay. And so, and so she started up introducing me. And then she ended up, by the time, you know, she can do 45 minutes now. Oh wow! And, nice. and, and she's she's pretty good. She's oh, I gotta tell you, because <laughs> she she's my wife, so she's uh, uh, you got a heads up on the other comedians starting out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so so one time we're playing a gig with Bobcat Goldsway. Oh nice! <laughs> yeah, I love Bobcat. <laughs> well, Bobcat. You know, he's a movie director as well, actor, all sorts of things. He had this young girlfriend. He dumped his wife, I guess, or they <laughs> split up. Anyway, he's got a young girlfriend on the road with him. And and she's kind of, you know, talking her, her business to my wife, you know. And so my wife gets up and, you know, comics are the last thing you heard is the first thing you say. (laughs) (laughs) So she's opening up. uh, This is after Bobcat was on. Then Shelby goes up and then she brings me up. So Shelby's up there and and she starts talking about Bob Bobcat uh, leaving his wife and oh, for the younger Bobcat comes running into my dressing room <laughs> fucking crying man he's like hey man your wife's out there talking about me <laughs> and I looked at him and I said Bob we're, we're comedians that's that's what we do you know yeah. you've never been to a roast you know? <laughs> but, but he wasn't respecting her as a comedian you know mm. it was like she was my wife and how dare she how dare mm. she go well, she'll she'll talk shit about me. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> and the last thing I can do is 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 uh, uh, 
tell her what to do. If anything, I said, you do that, it'll make it worse. <laughs> he, he, he was literally crying like a little, little bitch. <laughs> wow. So now we have nice. beef with Bobcat Goldthwait. All right. <laughs> Goldthwait, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if he's still, if he's still upset about that. <laughs> that was that was a lot of years ago but was, i mean i mean she 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 is shabby my wife she i mean she's so natural well you know she grew up with me basically and, mm-hmm. and she she was the one that designed me you know yeah she, yeah, she told me you know grow your hair long you know and uh you know the look and she in fact she uh uh, was the art she uh, nice dreams you know the movie nice mm-hmm. dreams yeah. she did the costumes and she nice. that's how how the way Cheech and I look and and everything you know she's an artist she she's not really an artist but she's she's a perfect comic like her, I I've been trying to get to her and I in fact it was her and I until uh, Cheech came back in the picture and then when when, when Cheech came back in. You know, he thought it was going to be like oh, the old Cheech and Chong, you know, just yeah. him and I. But she, she laid down the law. She goes, don't you dare leave me. <laughs> 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 she, got, she got me one day. I was laying in the sense, don't you dare leave me. <laughs> you better not. You know, are you kidding? <laughs> I got I to gotta choose between her and Cheech. <laughs> but, so so she ended up in the show Man. oh i gotta tell you how, how we got back together because my son was also a really good comedian he hasn't worked uh professionally yet but he's one of those guys you know the behind the scenes guys yes. Yes. Where, you, where you say uh how, how'd that bit go again <laughs> you know <laughs> you know he writes for you yeah, that's that's what where my my son Paris he he's like that there, and yeah, uh, yeah he he writes. In fact, he was the one that got Cheech and I together, because when when Cheech and I uh, had a meeting, we had talked for for years, yeah, and and we had a meeting. It was a nice meeting, but it was kind of uncomfortable because he had been acting with Don Johnson, you know, and he really carved out a name for himself in the acting world mm. you know mm. and was uh, that on that was on nash bridges right that's what you're talking yeah. about yeah yeah nash bridges and then he'd done a ton of uh, movies and everything else where he wasn't teaching and he wouldn't grow his mustache back you know? mm-hmm. and so when we when we talked i realized you know i can't work with this guy you know because the other Cheech, we never had to even talk. We we had a mental thing, you know. Mm-hmm. He he knew what I was thinking. I knew what he was thinking, mm-hmm. and and he sort of left all that uh, for for uh, for Don. <clears throat> and so and so I used to do half my act was ragging on Cheech. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 and so. And so I, I used to do this song. It starts out up, up in smoke. You know, you get a joint, get so high, you go, you go to rent a Cheech and Chong movie, and, <laughs> and uh, but you forget why you're there. You know, you <laughs> and, and you end up watching the Discovery Channel. 
<laughs> two two shows uh, two shows about two frogs fucking and I know two frogs fucking anyway one frog looks like Don Johnson one frog looks like Don Johnson <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious so anyway we we go to we go to Aspen. Uh, so my son. Oh, so what happened? My son he faked a letter from me to cheat, saying, "Oh, let's get together." Blah blah blah. Next thing you know, teach and together. But before that happened, before that happened, uh, we were we, they had a reunion for us in Aspen, Colorado, and uh, first time on stage, Cheech and John, you know. And so I kind of met Cheech in the in the in the bar actually because before we, we were we we shared hotel rooms together you know and mm-hmm. we were that close but mm-hmm. now you know he's he's not he's different he's with Donald and that and so I, I go to the bar to meet Teach and he's, he's sitting there and, and so I said well so you know they're they're going to expect us to do something so I said well let's do Harry, Harry and Margaret because Cheech has no lines in Harry and Margaret he just reacts <clears throat> and she said, no, 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 I don't want to do that. So anyway, then I realized you know, he, he really doesn't want to do any old Cheech and John bits. Mm. And so he thought we were just going to go on stage, say hi, and then goodbye, you know. <laughs> so, but I had been working live, man. And so when I got in front of a crowd, next thing I know, I'm singing the song about him and Don Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't see him, but they told me that he was pacing back and forth because he had nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's no backstage to go. He's, he's trapped on the stage and he's walking back and forth behind me. Oh, man. Uh, oh, I laughed. At, oh, that was that was a crazy night. Jim Carrey was there. Nice. And then, and then Jim called me up and, and I ended up going over to his room and finding out how fucking crazy he is. <laughs> Did you smoke? Have you ever smoked with Jim Carrey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> I, did we get? I don't know. I don't know. I was in the room with him. I don't think. I don't think we smoked. But I know he smoked. You know. And, I just can't picture <laughs> picture him being mellowed out and like. Oh, he's he, he's such a genius. Yeah. He is a genius. But a lot of those guys, you know, they're, they're sort of like um, they're trapped in their world, you know. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of a mental thing, you know. Uh, yeah, like Robin Williams, you know. I, I met Robin a couple of times, but uh, each time he was really nervous around me, you know, because mm. because we were before him, and and Robin had a habit of, of of seeing an act and then being able to do the act, ver, ver, you know, word for word. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know that, and 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 he couldn't help it. He couldn't help it. And so he couldn't go to comedy clubs or anything else, you know, because he'd walk out with that guy's act. Yeah, he did. A, he, he did a he did a bit that I used to do, but I wasn't mad because I stole that part from the committee. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, the the blind melon, the blind melon children. <laughs> that that was a, originally a committee bit, and, uh, and but I, you know, because I grew up with. Uh, with the blues players, you know, I, I knew that that life pretty well, so yeah. I could be authentic. But I, but I have retired that bit. I don't do that. 
I won't be doing that bit anymore <laughs> because of the Black Lives Matter and yeah. George, George yeah, Floyd. Yeah, it's understandable. Yeah. Yeah. So I one of my friends uh, told me today that it was because of you that Bob Marley started smoking weed in public. Is that true? I don't don't know about that. Mm. I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> yeah no no because back in the day you could go to jail you know especially yeah. you're black you're black and you're doing something like that yeah you know yeah so i no no i no i don't think i don't think it's true but we did uh teach and i worked with bob marley uh they, they only did one concert in in uh, in america back in the back then mm-hmm. and it was at the roxy uh at the Roxy uh, Theater in Hollywood, nice. and uh, and yeah, we, we were all excited because Cheech and I, it was a big honor. We we're going to open for uh, Bob Marley and the Whalers, and so they wanted to meet us, and so Cheech and I went down to the Roxy, and we walked in the dressing room, and it was like a Cheech and Chong movie, smoke. You couldn't see anybody. <laughs> <laughs> all you could see was smoke. And then I heard a voice in the, out of the dark. You didn't know where it came from, but you heard the voice. Hey, Chinaman, say something funny, man. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't say Mexican. He said Chinaman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. I, we, I never spoke with Bob. I mean, you know, in fact, I, I, I just waved, you know, and, but, but I did smoke up, or at least I got high in the same hotel room as Jimi Hendrix. Oh, sick. Yeah. That's yeah. 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 We, we, uh, we, we played a gig in London when I was with Motown and, uh, and Jimmy, uh, we, uh, we had a Bobby Tune in the Vancouver's, we had our own band, you know, musicians and so they uh, booked us a little club in london and uh, the first set man there's nobody in the club empty and then uh, all of a sudden the door opened and jimmy henry's walked in and 300 people following him like (laughs) a pipe piper and he made his entrance (laughs) he made his entrance he walked up to the stage and he and he talked to me he said hey hey tom do you mind if i sit in Right. So and I, I, I was so te- I was so tempted because it went through my mind. I was so tempted to say, uh, maybe the last set, Jim. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're we're working on our own stuff. <laughs> awesome. I, I had that urge, man. But of course, I said, "Oh yeah," and I took out my guitar, and he goes, "No, no." <laughs> he goes, "No, no." He's a left-handed guitar player, so he couldn't play my guitar. He goes, "No, no, I, I, I'll play bass." <laughs> so the poor bass player Wes oh man oh. I felt so bad for him because Wes had to take off his bass and hand it to Jimmy <laughs> <laughs> and we jammed for about an hour Nice. in fact they had That's to pull incredible. the plug on us they had to pull the plug on us you know and Jimmy didn't sing he just played bass he was a bass player and, and we're doing our Bobby singing his ass off and, and we had another guitar player uh, yeah and he he was uh, kicking that. Uh, Eddie Patterson. He's the only one alive now. Eddie is in, uh, in Toronto, but he he he's the only guitar player alive that can say that he played with uh, Hendrix, where he played guitar. And 
and Hendrix played bass. Nice. But and then after we went up to our hotel room with Jimmy, and I didn't see him. We didn't see him. He, <laughs> he stayed. He stayed in the bathroom the whole time. The whole party. <laughs> Are you okay in there, Jim? Oh, he must be okay. There's nothing. It's okay. <laughs> so, so he's in there, you know, shooting up his heroin. And, and we're, out, we're outside smoking our joint. Yeah, if you, if you don't mind, I got my... Shelby, come and say hello to the... These are all comics. Yeah. Hello, Shelby. Hi. You've seen Hi. one of the videos. You're very nice funny. Yeah. Hey, nice see you. Yeah. They see you on, uh, on, on TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much, man. It was a so real pleasure much. having you Seriously, on. This Thank was you. incredible. Thank Thanks, guys. Okay, I gotta go. Bye. Okay. Bye. 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 <laughs> Yo. Dude, right, I, dude. I am not gonna lie. There was one point in time I cried. <laughs> Hi, you're listening to Comics and Chronic, and I'm Jacob H. I'm Cody Cannon, and I'm Anthony Iannaccio. And you can tune in every Thursday to hear new episodes of Comics and Chronic. And make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Comics and Chronic. That's Comics, the letter N, Chronic. We'll see you guys next week. Woo! Peace.